0: jingle bells means they're close should see whether or not the proximity alarms have tripped yet hoping those gleeful bastards don't track onto my new location I've got to keep moving this whole thing is going to be a real pain they don't seem to have much in the way of brains though can't follow the science Oh, it's you. All of the signs. You aren't one of them. That's good. Let me put this down, and you didn't see a thing. I've got a single story for you this time. Should have another just before or just after the holiday, if all goes according to plan. The prompt is the same. Got a few more days to get it sent into the email and out of your eggnog. Uh, you're, you're noggin'. The season's getting to me. Anyway, write us all a story of debt, travel, or the holidays. Or, thanks to those weird and wonderful people over at the Grey Rooms podcast, you can write us a story of the horrors of autocorrect. This one is by Augie Peterson. You've heard from her before on a previous episode, and she's got her own podcast. It's really what we're calling these? Podcasts? All right. Anyway, she's got her own podcast, The Short Stories of Augie Peterson, and you should go and give it a listen. The Very Undead Christmas by Augie Peterson By now, you've heard all kinds of stories about what happens after the apocalypse. Undoubtedly, that means you don't need another one telling you about how shitty life can be living around zombies, dealing with not having power, and having to scavenge your hometown for drugs and food. It's pretty basic. What most stories don't cover, though, is what happens around the holidays. I mean, we might be running for our lives 90% of our days, but hey, we have to cling to any kind of normalcy we can, right? Granted, it's difficult to feel jolly when you don't have enough juice in your generator to justify hanging lights, but we still cut down a tree and make cookies. Well, I should say we steal a tiny portion of cookie dough from the tub we have and roast a cookie each over a gun lighter. By we, I mean my sister and I. When the apocalypse happened, we were stranded on the other side of our state from our parents. The weekend everything went down... They were visiting my uncle in Boston while my sister and I stayed home because I was sick. She being the awesome older sister she was offered to stay home with me. This was over the summer so it's been a few months since we've seen our parents in person. Once the cell towers went down we weren't able to get in touch with them and it's now been three weeks since we've made contact. It's too unsafe to try and reach them so we've essentially given up in finding them. It was a heartbreaking decision. But we're at that point where more people are zombies than survivors. My sister and I are only a few years apart. She's 25 and I'm 19. It's quite the gap, but we managed to get along as kids. Her name is Chris, short for Christina, and she's the badass punk rocker chick with purple hair I always wanted to be. Imagine all those clothes from the 90s that are making a comeback slapped onto one perfectly sized body matched with a nonchalant attitude and a smoking habit. That's my sister. She's amazing. Chris is also the reason I'm still alive. When I was sick, we were worried I wouldn't get over the cold I had because of the meds I needed to kick it. So she escaped our basement one night and ran for her life to the drugstore three miles away to get it for me. She says she landed a headshot through a local pharmacist in the process, but I don't believe her. Since I recovered, we've been living in the basement of our house with little to no food for far too long. She'll sometimes grab me something to eat, but it's never what I want. I guess I'm just picky like that. Merry Christmas! Chris shouts, a little too energized into my ear. I groan and pull the crocheted blanket I'm using to keep warm over my head. Get up, lazybones! It's Christmas morning! I have a surprise for you! Not wanting to miss out on a surprise, I'm sure I'll love if I know anything about Chris. I sit up and glance around the small, finished basement we've taken shelter in. "'Tied to the radiator across from our air mattress is a goat. "'My eyes light up and I crawl across the thin carpeting and tear into the thing, "'blood flowing from its arteries and its tender raw meat melting into my mouth. "'I don't even think to ask where she got this thing from. "'I'm just elated that it's here and I can eat properly. "'From the sidelines I see Chris watching me devour the goat with a mix of bliss and disgust. "'I happily snarl towards her.' And take my time finishing the rest of my feast as she pours herself a bowl of dry cereal. Covered in blood, I plop down next to her at the table a few minutes later. I haven't felt this full in days, and it's doing wonders for my headspace. I peer over the book Chris is reading and point towards the 12x5 window at the top of the wall. There's no way we're going anywhere today, it's way too risky with everyone being all jolly and whatnot. I did my best to shoot her what used to be my puppy dog eyes, but all sensitivity is lost from your facial expressions when you lose most of your jaw to decomposition. This attempt, however, made her smile. Maybe later, but we have a bunch of traditions to get out of the way. That goat wasn't the only thing I got you. My go to touch her hand, but she moves it just in time for me to leave a bloody handprint on the tablecloth instead. Realizing I should probably take a shower so as not to appear dangerous when we go on our walk, I go rinse off and change my clothes. Just because I am a zombie doesn't mean I have to look like one. You know, aside from the jaw thing. And also the arm thing. Chris meets me outside of the bathroom with a small newspaper-wrapped parcel in her hands. I can't wait any longer. Open it! Her face is nearly split in two as she bounces up and down with excitement. I maneuver through the wrapping paper with my good arm, and she helps me open the box within. Inside is a silver locket with mine and Chris's initials graved on the outside. Mom gave this to me on my 20th birthday. I know I'm a bit early, but I really wanted to make sure you got this before… well, you know. What she meant was, I don't know how much longer we have together, but was kind enough not to say it. She clasped the thin chain around my neck and it made me tear up a bit. She told me Grandma had it made when she found out Mom was pregnant with you. I couldn't tell her, but somehow she knew how much I loved her and how thankful I was. Since we were little, one of our favorite traditions has always been cutting down our own Christmas tree. This year, things are a bit different than they usually are, but we made a game plan for what we'll do. Chris is going to cut down the tree while I circle around her like she's my next meal. That way, no one else will bother us. Chris has a handgun with her just in case, but I think our plan is really solid. I'm ready to rip into anyone that might have a problem with what we're doing. That goat was just an appetizer. We only had to search for a bit before we found the perfect tree, a little three-foot pine in the woods behind our house. I prowled around, growling and carrying on like Chris was my next meal so everyone else would leave us alone. Amid the sawing noises coming from the base of the tree, my weird zombie hearing picked something up around the front of the house. Not wanting to ditch Chris without cover, I motioned for her to come over and check it out. She cocked her gun and led the way around the side, towards the front. Turns out the noise I heard was knocking. It was especially weird, since I hadn't heard someone knock on something for months. It's not exactly the best way to stay hidden when zombies are so sensitive to sounds. Chris peeked around the corner, and rather than come back to hide, she dropped her weapon, and excited cheering and greetings could be heard. I was a bit confused, so I decided to investigate. Turns out my parents had somehow survived until now and made it back to the house from the other side of the state. I forgot a moment about my jaw, my arm, and the whole zombie thing. I was so excited to see my parents again that all thought left what little brain I had left. I went to hug my mom and she freaked out. It only took one scream for my instincts to kick in. My joy turned to hunger the second she shrieked. I couldn't help myself. Something just came over me. From the moment I was bitten, Chris hadn't screamed once. I didn't know I was capable of craving flesh like this. I ripped into my mother's throat with my teeth, her warm blood running down my face and over the locket, staining my sweater. My dad screamed, Chris holding him back and screaming herself, giving me a disgusted look but unable to avert her eyes. I chewed away at the body of the woman that raised me, tears in my eyes but a hunger in my belly I couldn't help but satiate. Didn't see that twist coming. Gotta say, I do enjoy a good zombie story. There aren't many told from the zombie's perspective that I've found. Then again, I may not have been looking. Either way, it's a good story. Before I go and dig another punji pit and set a few more mines out for the jingly shits, I wanted to let you know that an errant mailman handed me a book the other day. Cruel Works of Nature by Gemma Amore. Full of excellent stories you may have heard on that behemoth of a horror show, The No Sleep Podcast. I'd recommend it. You can find it on Amazon. Check the show notes for a link to her author's page and the book itself and let her know that we here at Hooks of Horror are aware of her existence. Before we sign off and go handle the carolers and jingle people creeping around in the bush, remember that we will be happy to accept any works written on any of the prompts from this season. We want to see your work. want to see your nightmares. Give it a shot. The next episode will feature a listener submission and my effort on this month's prompt. We'll see you then. Now get out of here and stay low. You don't want to get caught by those holiday folk. Took me days to break free the last time they nabbed me. I don't think I've been forced to listen to that much holiday music in one setting in ages. This season is getting pretty close to a close. you have got one more episode this year, and you'll probably end up with at least one in January before I start to think about some uh, minor structuring changes. I've got some ideas and some other things that I want to kind of explore, and though I know I have a very focused direction, I want to go with Hooks of Horror, I think there are some other things which it might be nice to include. So, I'm not going to announce anything just yet. But things might be changing a a smidge. Either way, it is the holidays or the holiday season, and I hope that you do indeed have a good one, whatever it is you celebrate or don't. Uh, You know, maybe just look at the lights. Enjoy the snow if you've got any. Uh, Enjoy the rain and wet if you live in the Northwest. Or uh, just be generally happy and good to people yep that said all these things said and the story told i'll see you again in about a week and then i'll see you again next year and uh yeah stuff Ooh, before i forget i will be at podcon 2 in seattle on january 19th through the 22nd 21st the weekend of that particular portion of january just a couple of weeks from now if you happen to be going or you happen to be in the seattle area and you'd like to meet me uh either for hooks of horror or the sgo files or creature pasta or digital and dice or you want to talk to me and try and get details out of uh, me about any of the other things i've done uh feel free to shoot me a message at hooksofhorrorpod at com. i'd love to hear from you or um you know, on Twitter at JthuluPhoto or at Hooks of Horror. Uh, yeah, it'd be good. I'll wave awkwardly at you. I am a super awkward person in person. <laughs> person in person, like wearing a people suit. Either way, happy holidays.